Play the movie. Yeah, play. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning into another episode of the Milk Movies podcast. Today, I am going to be starting with some very sad, not so exciting news that Chadwick Boseman, at the age of 43, had passed away over the weekend after a four-year battle with colon cancer. Um, it's not; it has not been easy to deal with. I know I'm not alone in that. Um, I don't want to hype up social media too much and make it seem like this is the biggest deal in the world, but it definitely says a lot about who Chadwick Boseman was and the impact that he had on so many communities. Um, the announcement of his passing came from his personal Twitter account, and it has become the most liked tweet of all time. It has surpassed 7 million likes since I last saw it. Um, so again, I know it's Twitter and that only means so much, but it, again, it also does say a lot how impactful he was for so many people that so many people cared about, um, just him as a person. The man was a real life superhero. I know that's been said several times, but I don't even care if I'm just repeating that point because it's, it's just true. The impact that he had on the black community and what he was able to bring to the screen, um, to his, I don't want to call it his circle, but obviously he was a graduate of Howard University. The speeches that he would give to those students, alumni, current students, whoever, uh, were very, very powerful. And then for him battling cancer for four years and to have nobody know it and to produce the work that he did, the art that he did, and to impact other cancer patients, the way that he did, the kids that he was able to talk to and help them fight through it the best that he could, the best way that he knew how. Looking back on those things, especially now, and I hate to do it retroactively, but nobody knew about this until the announcement of his passing. It was just, he was an incredible, incredible person. Again, Chadwick Boseman, a real life superhero, so powerful, so impactful, so strong. Um, he is going to be greatly missed now and forever. It's, he's going to be a very tough death to um, move on from. Ryan Coogler released a statement and referred to him as an ancestor already and how impactful his legacy was while he was still alive, is today, and will be forever. Um, it, he is just going to be very infinitely missed. Um, this is a movie podcast. Chadwick Boseman was obviously... Uh, tremendous actor. So if you have not gotten a chance to see all of his work or most of it, um, I'll just run through some of the more iconic characters that he was able to play in some really big time movies, some powerful movies. Um, he really burst onto the scene when he played Jackie Robinson in 42 a few years ago now. Uh, he played James Brown in Get On Up, Thurgood Marshall in Marshall. Earlier this year, he played Storm and Norman in The Five Bloods from Spike Lee. And then, of course, the majority of people will know him as King T'Challa or Black Panther. Uh, he burst onto the scene for the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Captain America Civil War. He had his solo movie, of course, Black Panther, uh, and then most recently in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. So rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman, rest in power. 
you again, you are going to be infinitely, infinitely missed. Um, other than that, moving on to my traditional news, uh, it's going to be a little bit shorter today. Last week, I talked about DC Fandom, and it was obviously a very long episode. There was just a lot to cover, DC Fandom aside. There was a ton of news that broke over the uh, that previous week. Uh, so today, again, not keeping it short on purpose. There's really just not all that much to cover. Starting with something, transitioning to something a little bit more lighthearted, although it's still news. Uh, Marvel dropped The from their upcoming Eternals film. Um it was a bit of a shock. It just seemed like a weird, I don't want to call it a mindless decision, but nobody necessarily under this, uh, understood the point right away. Um, but as it was revealed, uh, it sounds like James Gunn, they were just able, Marvel was able to do James Gunn a favor. He has The Suicide Squad coming out next year. Obviously, the movie that he's kind of, I don't want to say rebooting because it's not a full reboot. He's reviving it in a sense. Uh, it was just titled Suicide Squad. They added the in front of this one this time. Um, so for whatever other reason than just to give him a favor, uh, they dropped the, and it's just called Eternals now. So that's that. That's some Marvel news for today. Um, and then moving on to news that I'm going to cover again. We're just at the finish line here, but again, going to cover it until I get to finally see it. Some more Tenet news as the first teaser trailer for Dune will premiere exclusively in theaters with the release of Tenet. Uh, Dune is another movie that is insanely highly anticipated uh, for later this year that is set to release in December still. Hopefully we are still able to get that on time. Um, but the teaser will not be made available online until September 9th or until someone leaks it online because that's probably going to happen. So we'll see if that September 9th date sticks or if they decide to uh, release it themselves and have more of an official release just early. But um, it, I'm very, very much looking forward to that teaser trailer for Dune. Dune uh, is definitely among the movies that I'm most excited for this year. We'll see how much uh, the release schedule, the release calendar changes throughout these uh, last few months of 2020. Um, but as of right now, this schedule uh, does lend to Dune coming out in December and, of course, the teaser trailer coming out in uh, just about a week or so now. Um, moving on to some recent delays. Uh, again, delays are not new at this point. Um, but just some bigger ones here. The King's Man has been delayed until February 26th, 2021. That was set to release just in about a few weeks here now. Uh, the most recent uh, release schedule, or excuse me, release, most recent schedule to release was on September 18th of 2020. Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins has been delayed until October 22nd, 2021. That's about a year delay for it. It was uh, most recently scheduled to release this October. And then finally, I didn't necessarily know that this was a full-blown delay. It is being considered a delay. I would consider it more um, of a production issue with everything that's going on. Uh, but Scream 5, they've announced a new release date of January 14th, 2022. Uh, so that's that for delays. Again, very short uh, bit of news today as I'm already moving on to um, some new pro projects and trailers. Kelly Marie Tran has been cast as the lead for Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon will be one of the first movies that comes out uh, with from Disney with everything that's been going on. Obviously, they put some stuff on Disney+, Plus, but in terms of what's been in production and then has to release as a result of um, COVID-19 kind of screwing with some stuff, that'll be one of the first movies that we get to see what sort of impact that had on the production of it that is scheduled for a March 12th release of next year. Uh, but a synopsis for Rey and the Last Dragon. 
In a realm known as Lumandra, a reimagined Earth inhabited by an ancient civilization, a warrior named Rhea is determined to find the last dragon. Uh, so... Congrats to Kelly Marie Tran on landing that role. Uh, that is going to be a very big time role for her. So that should be um, some exciting stuff coming in 2021. Moving on to actual trailers. Um, first one is Ammonite. That one stars Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. Synopsis for Ammonite, big time cast. In 1840s England, acclaimed but overlooked fossil hunter Mary Anning and a young woman sent to convalesce by the sea develop a, an intense relationship altering both of their lives forever. That is coming November 13th. Um, I think this is going to be a big movie. Again, you have Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. That's a big time duo to have in a movie. Um, but not a ton of people are talking about it. It's obviously not, I don't want to call it a mainstream movie where obviously super superheroes kind of reign supreme right now and uh, reboots are big time too. Um, so this should be more original. Um, but with theaters kind of being where they are and not everything being completely open across the, not just the country, the globe, um, not a lot to talk about with movies. It's hard to kind of get excited for things unless it was already on the table and the schedule is just kind of adjusted. So, um, either way, I, I think that will be a very solid movie. It's going to be a good story. I know a lot of people are comparing it to little women and they're concerned that maybe it won't be different enough from that to be worth existing, which sounds a little bit harsh, but I don't blame people for being concerned about that. If we're just going to make the same movie, just different title, it just kind of seems like a waste. But I mean, either way, you get Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. I'm sure there's going to be a lot to like about that. Again, coming November 13th. Uh, Spontaneous, the adaptation of Aaron Starmer's novel. Uh, that one stars Catherine Langford and Charlie Plummer. Synopsis for Spontaneous, a high school senior discovers that she and her classmates may explode at any moment. That made me think of spontaneous combustion, but the thing here, and they described it in the uh, the trailer for it, that they're exploding like a zit or like a balloon. So they literally just explode and like blood goes everywhere. It's meant to be a comedy sci-fi fantasy movie. If you watch the trailer, it very much looks like it's going to be fun. Um, I'm not crazy looking forward to seeing it i could definitely see it being a concept that just doesn't work or at least the story doesn't play out incredibly well um on screen uh, but that will be coming in october october 2nd it will be made available in theaters october 6th it will be made available on demand i really like katherine langford so i'm sure that if she's attached to this that's gonna um help me enjoy the movie much much more uh, but we'll see again spontaneous will be coming october 2nd in theaters october 6th on demand that's it for news. Like I said, very short, moving on to what I'll be talking about next week, or at least what's releasing next week. Thursday is finally the day for Tenet. Tenet will be available on Thursday in theaters. Uh, if you have not already gotten a chance to see it, obviously in the United States, we've not gotten it yet. Theaters opening up in your area is going to be very hit and miss. I know for me, I still don't have access to theaters, so I'm really hoping that changes soon. Um, uh, Love Guaranteed is coming to Netflix as well on Thursday. I don't know if that's going to be a big time uh, release. I've seen a trailer for it, and that was it for promotion. Um, but that'll be available on Netflix on Thursday. And then Friday. Friday is obviously the bigger release date for movies. Mulan will be the biggest movie releasing on that day. That will have a limited theatrical release as well as his Disney Plus Premiere Access release. That will be made available for $29.99. And I've said it before. I just want to reiterate the $29.99 price tag is not a rental. If you pay $29.99 for Mulan, you will own 
the movie. I feel weird trying to defend Disney for making that decision so much because I've made it very clear before that I love going to the theater. I very much prefer the the experience that the theater offers for movies as opposed to just sitting on my couch and watching a movie. Uh, I know there are a lot of people that are very upset about Disney doing this for $29.99 and saying that it's way too expensive or it's just not worth it or whatever. I can't say that I disagree. I can completely understand that line of thinking and I'm completely fine with people preferring to see this movie in theaters. That's what I want. So I'm probably just done defending this movie being available on Disney+. Plus. If I don't get a chance to see it in theaters right away, I'm probably going to have to resort to seeing it on Disney+. Plus. That would be very, uh, it would be a very reluctant decision, but if it's what I got to do, it's what I got to do. Uh, but again, Mulan will be available this Friday. I'm Thinking of Ending Things will be another movie coming to Netflix on Friday that has been very well received so far. Uh, and then The Owners. I think I just talked about that, le- uh, that last week with Maisie Williams that will have a limited theatrical release as well as a video on-demand release. Um, but with that being, it's a big time weekend coming up. It's also Labor Day weekend. I'm going to be off this weekend. Uh, so that means the Sunday episode that I usually record, I always drop it on Mondays, uh, that is going to be delayed or completely postponed. And I hate to do that on such a big movie weekend, but again, without me having access to theaters yet, um, I don't know how much I'm missing out because I wouldn't really get to talk about everything quite yet. Obviously, The New Mutants is already out, um, but I haven't been able to see that yet. Again, don't have access to theaters. Um, So depending on what you're able to do, please definitely take advantage of going to see these great movies. Um, But for me, Labor Day weekend, I will be camping and hiking and uh, kayaking and stuff. So definitely going to be able to turn my brain off for a few days. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'll, I'll let you guys know what I plan on reviewing in the next episode um, at a later date, as well as when that episode will actually be coming out. I might do a bit of a back-to-back where later next week I have the episode come out and then I'll just get back to my regularly scheduled episodes right after that. Um, but as of right now, my very tentative plan is to talk about Mulan. And again, I will probably have to see it on Disney+. And then if that's the case, I will be reviewing uh, that Um, along with some Netflix or video on demand releases, or maybe just some rewinds, depending on uh, what I'm feeling. So depending on a ton of different elements, I will let you guys know um, through Twitter what my plan is. So that's that for news. Not the best news to report on, but um, I definitely wanted to share my thoughts on that and let everybody know what else is going on. Um, But as for what I will be reviewing today, Bill and Ted Face the Music, released uh, on demand over the weekend, including a limited theatrical release that completes the Bill and Ted trilogy. Synopsis for this movie, once told they'd save the universe during a time-traveling adventure, two would-be rockers from San Dimas, California, find themselves as middle-aged dads trying to crank out a hit song and fulfill their destiny. Uh, First rewind of the weekend or excuse me, the week will be Inception that is available on Amazon Prime unless you got to see it in theaters for its 10th anniversary re-release. Synopsis for Inception, if you're not familiar with it, a thief who steals corporate secrets through the use of dream-sharing technology is given the inverse task of planting an idea into the mind of a CEO. Finally, going to round it out with Fantastic Four from 2015. I meant to review that a few weeks ago and then through my classic forgetting what movies were coming out and just misaligning the schedule uh didn't get to talk about it so i moved it to today fantastic four is available on disney plus synopsis for the movie 
four young outsiders teleport to an alternate and dangerous universe which alters their physical form in shocking ways. The four must learn to harness their new abilities and work together to save Earth from a former friend turned enemy. Enemy, excuse me, I feel like I said enemy. Uh, but that's that. That's what I'll be talking about for the reviews here coming up. So without further ado, let's review Bill and Ted Face the Music. The magic of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure is nearly impossible to replicate. I wouldn't consider it to be the funniest movie that I've ever seen, and it's not even the most magical movie out there, but it still has its place in history and has had a significant impact on society since it came out in 1989. Fast forward 30 years or so now, and we finally get to see what should be the conclusion to this special story. Bill and Ted Face the Music is rated PG-13. It was directed by Dean Pariseau. It is categorized as a comedy, sci-fi, and adventure film that runs 1 hour and 32 minutes long, and it stars Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, Samara Weaving, Bridget Lundy-Payne, and Kid Cudi, among others. Bill and Ted Face the Music comes in at an 80% full on the milk meter. Now, when reviewing this threequel, I'm keeping a few important factors in mind. One, how did Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter try to recapture the Bill and Ted magic? Two, did it work? And three, was this a new story worth telling? To all three questions, I say yes. I was very worried that this story would feel forced and that I would have to cover my eyes and ears watching Reeves and Winter bring these iconic characters back to life three decades after they last played them. But fortunately, I thought everything worked very well. A big part of why I think everything works so well is, for one, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter played very believable versions of middle-aged Bill and Ted. I can't imagine this point will be debated either, but Bill and Ted Face the Music was entirely contingent on those characters still working. On top of that, although the story didn't take any major risks and more or less played the hits from the first film, it was a pretty big risk in of itself to make this movie in the first place. By adding Billy and Thea to the story, you'd have to think that there are definitely plans to somewhat reboot the franchise and continue the story with them as the leads, but at least in Bill and Ted 3, these new characters made for an interesting B story that I enjoyed and thought added a new and compelling dynamic to the movie. If you're a big fan of the originals and you're worried they made a big mistake by completing the trilogy, worry not. I can definitely understand the skepticism behind the idea itself, but if my opinion has come to mean anything to you, I promise that the Bill and Ted trilogy ends on a high note and is very much worth the watch. If I had to guess, I would say that Christopher Nolan is best known for his work with the Dark Knight trilogy and Inception, and for good reason. Obviously, what he was able to do with the Dark Knight trilogy goes without saying, and what he accomplished with Inception changed the way that we view reality. So, what does that leave to be criticized? Inception is rated PG-13. It was directed by, of course, Christopher Nolan. It is categorized as an action, sci-fi, and adventure film that runs 2 hours and 28 minutes long, and it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ellen Page, and plenty of other very talented actors and actresses. Inception comes in at an 89% full on the milk meter. Now, in viewing this movie through a critical lens, and I say critical with you know, finger quotes or air quotes, in viewing this movie through a critical lens for the very first time, I can't imagine it will come as a surprise that there's really not all that much to criticize. I don't think the movie is perfect by any means, hence my score. But the way Christopher Nolan views time 
And the way he is able to then portray it on the big screen for audiences to understand is simply masterful. Especially when you pair the stories he tells with the visuals he creates, there is just no one quite like him. So I ask again, what is left to be criticized? First off, the story is wildly complex. Obviously, we've come to expect that from Nolan, and even if it takes several viewings and some extra conversations to understand what all is happening, everyone can eventually come to understand the story. But even then, I can't help but wonder if there was a way to condense the story into one that is more concise. Would doing so take away from what makes Inception so compelling and unique? Probably yes. So I can't say for certain that this would have made the the story infinitely better, but again, for the sake of being critical, I thought I would add that point in there. As for my second point, I think I can make a better and more honest argument. With the wildly talented cast that was put together for Inception, I thought the character development was a bit lackluster. Obviously, this story is, and this movie, it's way more focused on what was happening than it was on who from and why. But it seemed to me that there were a few too many characters who could have had less prominent roles or maybe could have been cut completely. That's not to say that I thought any of the characters were a complete waste or that any of them detracted from what was going on, but with Leo taking the lead, we'll consider him maybe the 1A in this movie, and the rest of the team leading the 1B story, I just think maybe we could have seen some characters reach a deeper level, and maybe that's what has me thinking this story could have been told more concisely. Now that I can move away from being critical of Inception, Let me be clear that I very much like this movie. I always have a hard time thinking of another director who may be superior to Christopher Nolan in my mind, and I usually come up empty. Inception is most definitely one of the reasons I put him in my pantheon of directors, and if you haven't seen this film yet, you're in for a wild and pleasant surprise when you finally do. When it comes to superhero movies, I think there will always be part of me that's going to be entertained by it. Extraordinary or terrible, I will always be more entertained by the worst superhero movie than I am by another movie that is equally bad. But, thanks to 2015's Fantastic Four, that line of thinking may be in question. Fantastic Four is rated PG-13. It is directed by Josh Trank. Simon Kinberg is also attached to this. Uh, It is categorized as an action, adventure, and sci-fi movie. It is a superhero movie. It runs one hour and 40 minutes long, and it stars Miles Teller, Kate Mara, Jamie Bell, and Michael B. Jordan. Fantastic Four comes in at an 8% full on the milk meter. Now, as bad as this movie was, it does still hold true that I will be more entertained by something like Fantastic Four than I will be by an equally bad non-superhero movie like Kangaroo Jack. Remember, a few weeks ago, that came in at a 9% full on the milk meter. Now, I know that may not be the greatest comparison in the world, but... Superhero movies do have a default level of intrigue for me in that you're almost guaranteed to see someone with superhuman abilities square off against a villain with ill intentions and equally powerful superhuman abilities that, hopefully, look cool on the big screen. And I hate to say it, but sometimes that's all it takes. Here, with Fantastic Four, that was not enough. The dialogue is uncomfortably stale, and it forces each character to to deliver lines that fail to force the audience to think critically about the repercussions of what is happening and what different actions may mean now or down the road. 
Fortunately, the cast includes talented actors and actresses that were able to make the most of it, but it just wasn't enough. As for the characters themselves and how they were developed with their powers, it almost felt like Josh Trank forgot that was the point of the movie. Or, if he didn't, it felt like he thought, well, since the audience is already familiar with these characters and their powers, there's no point in showing their growth over the entire year that we skipped over, so let's just take an hour and some change to lay out some bland groundwork for a rushed and not-so-rewarding third act. I will say that I didn't have too many issues with the visual effects for this movie, and I thought Doctor Doom was granted some serious potential, but what a waste he ended up being. For villain to be so powerful, yet to last no more than 15 minutes on screen with no reason to be as motivated as he was, it was just a waste. If you have already seen Fantastic Four before, I can't imagine you've ever felt the itch to see it again, but if you need a reminder, this movie is not good, and you do not need to see it again. If you have not seen it before, there is no need. Sure, I can understand the allure of seeing a movie uh, that's bad just for the sake of it being a bad movie, but I still think that there are better options to do that than this. That's all I have for news reviews and rewinds. Again, rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. I know that was not easy news to take for myself or anybody. Um, but again, rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Big movie weekend coming up as Tenet and Mulan will be available, among others. Again, I will keep you guys in the loop uh, just through Twitter with what I'm able to review in my next episode as well as one that will be coming out. So make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Milk Movies. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as well as share it with your friends. Listen to it a couple dozen times if you want. You don't have to listen to it once. Just press play, turn the volume down, and let it roll. Uh, but that's that. Thank you guys for listening. Hasta la vista.